Hi, and welcome to The Social Angle, a podcast that helps promo pros gain an edge in the social media realm. I'm Vinny, and on this episode, I'm joined by multi-talented audio specialist, Suze Cooper, to discuss expert tips on how to distribute your podcast. In this conversation, which first aired during a live chat on Twitter Spaces, Suze provides some great practical advice on how to get your podcast found, including best directories for storage, SEO tips, and of course, how to use social media for promotion. If you've got a great podcast but have no idea how to distribute it, this is the social angle you've been waiting for. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's promo space. I'm your host, Vinny Driscoll from ASI, and I'm thrilled to have as a guest the multi-talented audio specialist, Suze Cooper. Suze, welcome to the show. Hi, Vinny. Thanks so much for inviting me in today. Absolutely. So we have a great topic, expert tips on how to distribute your podcast. Um, so let's, let's talk about it. Um, now, the reason I chose this topic was because podcasts are so incredibly hot right now, and they have been for several years. Uh, but I did dig up some recent stats, um, and I was kind of shocked to find out that nearly 6 in 10 U.S. consumers over 12 listen to podcasts. Also, 82% of podcast listeners spend more than seven hours a week listening to podcasts. That's definitely not me, but you know, according to these stats, people who are really interested in podcasts spend a lot of time listening to them. And the average podcast listener subscribes to six podcasts and listens to seven shows a week. So obviously, the thirst for this medium is out there and is creating a massive demand. So there are now over 2 million podcasts in the U.S. and more than 48 million podcast episodes in 2021. And it just keeps growing. So, you know, like I said, and I mentioned earlier, you know, just because you have one doesn't mean people are going to listen. Um, so, Suze, can you, you know, give us some information about, you know, um, what are some of the best directories people should be adding their podcasts to? Yeah, sure. I mean, th- there are some massive, n- massive numbers there, aren't there, Vinny? I mean, that's just incredible hearing about how many podcasts there are out there. And for a lot of people getting started, that might feel quite um, daunting to to hear those figures. But I think it's also worth kind of saying that that is the number of podcasts that are signed up to these various directories that we're about to talk about. And not all of them are still live. There are an awful lot of kind of dead pods out there, if you like, where people have started tried to give it a go or you know have done several seasons and then stopped and they're they're kind of still sat there so there is absolutely still room for your voice in the podcast market everyone brings something new to the content that they create and everyone has got something to say and podcasting allows for that level playing field and allows for that voice so I think that's kind of worth saying in in the midst of all those numbers But yeah, I mean, in terms of kind of where you should be putting your podcast, it kind of comes down to we obviously know the key players, Um, you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify are up there kind of very much key neck and neck one, you know, from one quarter to the next one will be on top and then the other. They're kind of your your key people that you're, you're kind of definitely wanting to make sure that your podcast is on there. But how do you get it on there? And, you know, 
where else should you be? Now, and this kind of comes down to who you're picking as your host. So effectively, when you start up your podcast, you need to pick a podcast host first and foremost. And this is where your podcast will live. So each episode of your podcast will be uploaded to this one podcast host and you will be able to distribute your podcast to these major players, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, all, all of them via your host. That is what you're looking for. So when people come to me and say, you know, there are so many different podcast hosts out there, which one should I use? I kind of give the answer in two parts. The first one is you need to look at where this host is going to distribute your podcast and make sure that you're happy that they are going to cover those key players. But also you need to think about whether your audience are actually listening via those key players. You need to understand the audience that you're aiming for for your podcast so that you know if they're listening to Spotify. It's all very well Spotify being up there um, you know, have it having all the stats and the figures. But if your audience aren't particularly listening via Spotify, then it's not the right place to put your podcast. So the first thing you need to think about is who are my audience? Where are they listening? Is this podcast host going to distribute it in a place where I'm going to get the listeners that I need? Um, different hosts and and the hosts are you'll you'll have you'll have heard the names. I mean, there's Libsyn. There's Podbean, there's Spreaker. Um, they're kind of my, my three that I kind of skip between. There are lots of them. And many of them, all of them, I would suggest, will offer a free tier. What we're seeing really at the moment is that free tier, if you're serious about creating your podcast, that free tier very quickly kind of runs out of steam for you because they will either offer that you can upload a certain number of hours before you need to start paying or that you can only have certain features once you start paying. And those features will include enhanced analytics, which, again, if you're interested in knowing about your audience, you're going to want things like customization, being able to embed uh, a player from from your host into, say, your website or, or elsewhere. There's all kinds of different things that they're coming up with now as well, where you can like take a clip and, and use that as, as promotion, which I'm sure we'll come on to later on. So, you know, all of these hosts need to be looked at in terms of what you can afford, where your audience are, and whether they're going to distribute there. Um, so, uh, and, so let okay, me ask you a question about um, sure. uh, what you meant about distribute. So, Give me an example of what you mean by that. So are you saying that if you if you if your host is Spotify, for instance, you're able to then um, distribute through Spotify to the other directories such as iTunes? No. So basically your um, host would be, for example, my host for all things audio is Spreaker. So I go to Spreaker and I upload each episode each week to Spreaker. And what I've done in within Spreaker, within the settings, is I've submitted my podcast to Spotify. And I've also submitted my podcast to Apple Podcasts. And essentially, um, Spreaker holds the RSS feed, which is a URL, which every time a new episode is uploaded, it then updates that in the various places where it's distributing the podcast to. So each time a new episode comes up, that will be sent to all of the different places that I have 
hit the button to submit it to. Uh, and it is as simple as that. It is literally a tab within Spreaker that says distribution. And it's got all the different, you know, iHeart player, um, Simplecast, all of the different um, distributors on there that you would want to be in there. And you literally hit a button and submit. And it can take 24 hours to sort of two or three days for them to accept it. But once they've done that, your podcast will start to appear. And and Spotify is one of those places that you can then, you know, go go and see your podcast within because it is picking up from your RSS feed, which is held within your host, which in this case I'm talking about is Spreaker. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So we, we do that through SoundCloud. So uh, SoundCloud, yeah. we, we have an RSS feed over to iTunes. So now... I think they're very limited, SoundCloud. I don't know if they can distribute to too many others. I could be wrong. Um, that's why I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a learner of this uh, space as, as much as everybody else who's in here. Now, when you say Spreaker, how, how, how extensive is their distribution network? Okay, so they're probably distributing our podcast to, I would say, around 10 different places. And what then happens is that within that, they are feeding kind of tributaries, if you like. So I find that the podcast is actually in places where I haven't necessarily sent it, but that's because they're reading the RSS feed from Apple Podcasts, say. Um, So it does kind of end up sort of filtering through. That said, I did have someone actually on Twitter come to me and say, you know, you're saying to me, I can listen wherever I listen to podcasts. And actually on my podcast player, I can't find you. And so I took down the name of of the podcast player she was using and I went and I signed up so that I could have my RSS feed showing within that particular player. I know that's only one person, but if there's one person looking for it and they bothered to let me know, then I'm quite happy to go along and do that. What that does mean, though, is that if I want to get the stats from that particular place, it's not within Spreaker, those analytics. I'm not going to see how many people are downloading, um, how many listeners I've got, because Spreaker is only going to show me for those 10 um, players that it's sending it out to. So I can I can go along and pick out you know, different ones that I think, oh, I'm, I'm perhaps I've not got, like India is a great example. Some of them, some of these um, distributors don't distribute out to India and there's a massive audience there. So if you go along and find the main podcast hosts, you know, that, that are being used over in India and that's your audience, then sign it up and send it out and make sure people know it's there. But then you need to go back into that individually and sign in to get the analytics from it. Right. So I think, I think the, the real advantage here is that you find um, a host that is going to enable you to upload one piece of content. So, you know, you've created a podcast and you're able to, from that host, distribute distribute the, that podcast in, in many different ways. Because I think time is of the essence for for everyone. You know, you, you don't want to have to go to 10 different places and add your podcast. And, and I think that's kind of, where the daunting um, thing is with, with podcasts is like, where do I, where do I put it? How many places am I putting it? Now you're saying that some of these, um, these directories or these hosts, you can just add it in one place and from that one place, push it out into all different other places. 
That's exactly right. Yeah. And so that is what can help you decide which podcast host to use, because not all of them will push out to everywhere. And some of them say if you want it to appear on YouTube, they will do that. But that won't be within their free tier. So, again, it's about thinking about where is my audience? Where are they going to be listening? Where are they going to be most engaged and active? And does this podcast host that I'm looking at using actually distribute there for me? Um, you know, and, and of course, the other consideration is then, you know, am I going to need to pay for this once I've uploaded 10 episodes? Um, am I only going to do a short series and try this out? In which case, the free tier is probably great. It's a great learning experience. You can upload those few episodes, get a, a, some kind of brief analytics back and, and make some choices. But yeah, if you you need to kind of have a bit of strategy behind it to make sure that you're making the, the right choices to where to place that podcast in the first place. So let's talk about uh, cost-effective um, hosts. Are, you now, in your experience, is there any way to really have a podcast in 2021, get it out there and not spend any money? Or, sh or are you going to be on the hook for some budget? Yeah, I'd, I'd sadly think that we are now in the time where those free tiers really don't give you enough. Um, and as I say, if you're if you're serious about making the podcast and you're thinking about your content and you're trying to be strategic about it, then I really think that you're at the very least going to need their lower costing tiers. Most of them have got kind of a free tier, a kind of 10 to $15 tier, a 20 to $40 tier. And some of them have got even, you know, even more expensive tiers. Libsyn's one of the, the more expensive ones. Um, but with that comes, as I say, other features and functionalities, some of them will offer you a website with it. Some of them um, you'll be able to make these uh, clips that you can share re really easily on social so you don't have to go to a different platform and do that. So it really depends on, you know, what it is you want out of, of the podcast from the start. Um, I do think, you know, the, the, the free tier, if you just want to create a few episodes and see how it goes, dip your toe in and, and see how it feels, then it's definitely a great way to start out. But it's no longer the case, really, that you can dive right in with something and not have to have any spend at all, unfortunately, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with you, Suze. I, you know, it's, it's more of a pay to play um, reality, you know, much like social media is when you're doing um, you know, marketing and you want something to get out there in a bigger audience, um, you know, eventually you're going to have to put some budget to it. So I agree with that. You know, we don't spend much, but we do spend um, at my company. You know, we pay for that. Uh, I think what you said, you know, 15 bucks, I think it's a month. Um, so, yeah, you know, the free tiers, you know, are good, like you said, getting getting yourself out there. Um, but you're going to see very little in terms of reach uh, and engagement in your podcast. So let's talk about SEO a little bit. How important is SEO um, when you're creating your content and uploading them to the hosts? Well, in terms of sort of SEO so that you can be found within within the directory, you mean, as opposed to kind of SEO to be found by Google. Right. In the directory. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very difficult to say, but, you know, you want to make sure you're putting some effort into your show notes, I would suggest, because they've given you that area there to put in that information. And 
some of the podcast hosts as well, and Spreaker does this, will give you uh, a certain amount of hashtags that you can actually add in. And what I would say is if they're asking you that for that information, then it is definitely worth you putting something in each box um, because they're looking for it one way or another. Um, your episode um, episode notes don't need to be your full transcript. I think there was kind of a fad about a year ago where everyone thought well what I need to do is get the episode transcribed and then copy and paste this huge long bulk of text as much as I can into the show notes and that's really not what it's there for it is a lot like SEO copywriting you don't want to kind of blind people with keywords but you just need to succinctly explain what your episode is going to do for someone like why should someone listen to your episode what is it that they're going to get here that they're not going to get anywhere else and then use the rest of those show notes to be as helpful as possible whether that's time stamping various elements that you talk about throughout the podcast so at, at five minutes we spoke about distribution but at seven minutes we switched and we started talking about seo those kind of timestamps are really useful to people who are listening or whether it's links people love links within the show notes as well so that they can actually look at what it is that you've been discussing or talking about or they can go to someone's linkedin profile that they've just been listening to you interview so make good use of the show notes i would say one of the most important things that when people are setting up on their podcast host they can kind of do in a bit of a rush which is quite important is setting out that mission statement for your podcast that is probably I would suggest more important than the SEO for each independent episode because people aren't looking for your individual episode they don't know yet that they've you know that, that Vinny has interviewed Sue's for, for the, the promo space but what they do know is that they want to find out about podcasts and how they can market it so actually if that's or you know how to promote yourself so you need to make sure that within that first mission statement where you're writing about the description of what your podcast is you have to really nail that you have to let people know what it is that you're you're going to be speaking about and as I say a few keywords in there isn't going to hurt yeah. So, Suze, I really like what you said about the titles. I think for SEO purposes, and this has been the case for a while, is that you're very literal in what you're looking to accomplish. So, you know, I would I would call this podcast and, and um, we're recording this. Um, so while I'm going to be using this at, at a later date for a podcast, I'll, I'm going to be very literal about how I title it. I'm going to say how to get, you know, podcasts or how. You know, how to do podcast distribution right. And I think you have to think in terms of how people are searching for content so that you can kind of match up with, you know, what you're creating to what people are looking for. And I think that's very important because I think the tendency for titles is try to get too flowery or showy with your titles, which really is not going to, you know, match up with, with search terms. Now, that said, you we were just talking about directory SEO. Do any of these hosts or directories um, get crawled by Google in terms of SEO? Yeah, well, you, you know, people will search on Google for a topic and you, you can very well be served a, a podcast answer. Um, I would suggest that that would be via YouTube, though. And this is where I was heading with kind of the SEO play when, when I was checking with you whether or not you were talking Google or directories, because YouTube is actually 
a real king in podcasting <laughs> so everyone considers kind of youtube obviously for video but loads of people and certainly a, a younger audience and again you know if you're trying to tap into a, a particular audience and you understand who's using youtube then that may well be the right place for your podcast um and and so actually i would lean more towards making sure that you can be found on youtube um and then by proxy that kind of brings you around and into I mean it's all in the Google ecosystem as it is isn't it but they're going to try and serve you content that they've got a handle on um and so if it's within their portfolio then they're going to try and serve that that to you um but yeah you're totally right with the with the uh, the titles like don't try and be too clever and witty and not not too long as as pithy and obvious as you can get is probably the best that's a great segue. We go from Google. Now let's talk about YouTube. Now, traditional um, podcasts, you know, are audio, you know, and that's the beauty. You know, you create um, an experience of just somebody listening. But there's been a movement in the podcast world really to, to record video with podcasts so that they can end up, you know, on the second most popular website in the planet, which is YouTube, you know, second only to Google. Um so do you recommend recording video assets for your podcast or even maybe creating a video asset with your audio um, asset and then uploading to YouTube? What, what are your thoughts about um, like, a, a, what do they call it? Video podcasts, vodcasts? Yeah, sure. So again, it's about, is this something that your audience is going to want? Is your audience going to want to watch it or are they going to listen to it and you know I guess it's gone this way because it's it feels like it's just as easy to record the video if you're recording the audio via zoom anyway which is what a lot of people and podcasters are doing um however it's also about what is what's your priority if your priority is making a podcast then you need to make sure you're getting the best audio and actually getting the best audio probably isn't using Zoom. And so then you kind of think, well, you know, that there are other platforms. I mean, I absolutely love Riverside.fm, which is a kind of studio style. It kind of looks like Zoom, but I know what it's what it's doing is very different to Zoom. It's actually recording high quality audio on separate tracks that I'll be able to edit into a nice podcast without crosstalk. I can take out interruptions, all of that kind of thing. It does have video on there, but that is not its key feature. The video is useful for me if I'm interviewing someone or talking to someone because of those, as we've worked out over the last year or so, you know, our our body language cues help so much with with how we're speaking. And not everyone is used to just kind of talking into the air and and not taking those those cues. But, yeah, it's about what your priority is. Is it the audio? Is it the video? which is your audience going to be looking for and after. And I get it. Like I I uploaded um, all things. I'm about to upload the first episode of all things audio to YouTube for this very reason. But we don't have any video because we record that in Twitter spaces. So I I have made one of the audiograms, which is effectively a still um, with a moving waveform. And it's 45 minutes long. So it's not much to look at, but it's there. And I kind of feel like you're better to be on YouTube and have a still than to not be on YouTube at all. Um, yeah, it's kind of an individual decision as to which way you want to go and whether you feel like you can get the quality audio if you're trying to record the video at the same time. I, I agree 100%. I know that 
you know, Melissa, who's on this call would also agree with me. You know, it's YouTube is, you know, it's a powerful search engine and people look for brands on there and they know that a lot of people are, are putting their podcasts. We've been doing it. Do we get a lot of engagement? Do we get a lot of listens on our podcast and YouTube? No, we don't. You know, we're lucky if we get 50 to 100 listens, but they're they're out there. And, you know, I think that's when you have billions and billions of, of monthly users, um, you know, it's probably in your best interest to have a presence, even though it's not a very engaged one. Um, you know, and that's that's one of those cases where, you know, I, I felt like we needed to bring up video because video was so important, um, you know, in 2021. Um, so let's talk about social media, um, you know. Should you be using social media to promote your podcast? And I and I pretty much know the I think I know the answer to this one. But what are your thoughts about social media? Yes, you should absolutely be using social media. You should be using every own platform that you have got to put out there that you are making this content and that you want people to listen to it. So, yes, definitely use your social media. You know, if you're building that up in the right way, you should have the community of listeners that it is that you're hoping this content is going to hit the nail on the head for so it's definitely the right place um to to put out your content and you what you want to be putting there is really shareable shareable content you want it so that people are telling are recommending your podcast you know the main way that people find out about new podcasts isn't Google, isn't searching YouTube. Um, it is through word of mouth. It's through recommendation. We like to hear that somebody else has enjoyed this episode or, wow, this was a great story or, you know, we've been listening to this serial and it's got us hooked. And our curiosity gets the better of us and we go along and we listen ourselves. So this is about making sure that your podcast is totally recommendable, if you like, and making it easy for people to do that. And that goes right the way through to if you're doing a double head on a podcast, make sure it's easy for your guest to share that they've been on your podcast. You know, create them an audiogram and email it to them. Create them a little media pack. Give them a meme of what they said, you know, was the key quote. Send them the link to the episode. Make sure that it's easy for them to share it on their social media and leverage their audience at the same time as leveraging your own. Um, yeah, I think there's so much that you can do at the moment, particularly on Twitter and with social audio coming <laughs> into it as well, to promote your, your um, content that it's quite an exciting time really to, to, to make use of all those different tools. So let me ask you, Suze and, and Daniel, I see that you've, you've entered, you know, better late than ever. I'm going to invite you to speak. Um, but Suze, when you, when you share your content in your podcast, how are you sharing uh, on social? Are you sharing it from the host? Are you creating different links? Um, and sharing them, you know, out to the different networks? Are you crafting your content per the network? Like, how do you share for, for social? So I guess I was listening to a podcast myself the other day where um, I think the guy was kind of playing devil's advocate, but he was sort of saying, really, you should tailor your call to action to the platform and you should have a different uh, yeah, a different call to action, but that is very specific to where you are putting that episode. Now, rolling back to what we were talking about at the beginning, that would actually be quite a lot of work. You know, you'd be like editing in a different ending for Spotify, editing in a different ending for sound. You know, it, it's a lot of work, and you know that's not 
what you need and kind of isn't very um, practical to do. Um, in terms of how I like to share at the moment, sharing the podcast, I'm using something called Podfollow, which is actually um, gives you an intelligent link. It's a single link for your podcast and for each episode that you upload. Effectively, you go along to Podfollow you claim your podcast, so you search for it, you claim your podcast, it verifies that it's you via your email address, um, and it then shows you that RSS feed that we were speaking about earlier. And what you can do is copy the link from there, and I use that in Twitter. And what I've done is I've tied up anybody who is basically hitting that link from their desktop will be sent to Spotify to listen to the podcast anyone who's hitting it from ios is sent to apple podcasts and anyone on android is being sent to google podcasts i think at the moment because i don't want someone on an android phone hitting the link and trying to be taken to apple podcasts what i've tried to do and you can customize it um to, to which platforms you want to send it to but what i'm trying to do is make it easy for the listener to find the podcast on whatever player it might be that they are more likely to be using the other way of doing it is obviously to share the Spreaker um, link or if you've got a website yourself where you you know you've um, embedded the player and you've got your own site then obviously you know you want the hits really so send them to your own website so that you're building up your your traffic and your own analytics that way um, but yeah, there's a, a little bit of a process in it, but it's really worked quite well for, for us. And it's a good way of ensuring that people are being sent somewhere where they can actually hear, hear the episode and sign up. Yeah, Suze, I, I think from, from what you just said, you know, there's, there's really no magic bullet for this. And, you know, trying to get one link or have one host do everything, you know, for social media, for analytics is, is almost you know, it's near impossible. You know, what we like to do is we like to push to our website because we create like blog posts for our podcasts. And in there we embed our SoundCloud link. So, you know, to me, I feel like we're, we're, we're getting the benefit of the page view with the benefit of the listen, you know, at the same time. Now it's not, you know, it's not always the page view plus the listen because you still have to take a further action, but driving people to the website, you know, is in the best interest of our mission from a social media perspective. Um, so I think, like I said, you know, there's, there's no magic bullet here. And I think this segues nicely to, you know, one of our final questions. Uh, and Daniel, I'm going to add you into this conversation as well, is, is trying to kind of gauge and call the data um, so that you can kind of get an accurate read on your podcast, because it's not so easy when you're factoring in okay, I have a podcast that I'm, that I'm hosting here. It's, it's pushing out to multiple different other directories. I have um, the same podcast in YouTube. Do you guys have any, I'm going to start with you on this one, Daniel. Um, do you have any advice or any tools or any resources on how to, to really kind of throw a net around the, the data and get one accurate um, metric on how well your uh, podcasts are doing? It really depends on what your goal is with your podcast. If your goal is to make money, then you need to look at your bottom line, your financials, and not pay attention so much to your download stats or other things. If your goal is to have fun, then figure out a way to measure that. 
If your goal is to get popular, look at your download numbers, look at your feedback, your reviews and ratings, and and look at what matters, what measures, what supports your goals. Thank you, Daniel. Um, Suze, what about you? Yeah, I I totally agree. Like it's it's about knowing why you're doing it. Like, what does success look like for you? And I have this conversation with people a lot of the time. You know success in in podcasting is that to get four people listening or is it to get a client out of those four people that are listening or you know it's it's about making sure that you know what you're aiming for and you're right there isn't kind of one place that you can just go for and gather it all and to be honest the analytics are as tricky to unpick as distribution is at some in some cases um it's not always straightforward just because you've got stats saying how many people have downloaded you're not necessarily knowing how many people are listening um you know you can go into the individual platforms as i said and like claim your podcast to get slightly more kind of detailed stats um in some cases but it's kind of it varies between them um and there just isn't a central place where you can be sure that you know exactly how many people are listening um you know and, and that can cause issues if one of your goals is monetization and you're trying to hit a magic number before you can get some advertising in there um but yeah i mean i, I agree completely with what daniel said yeah it's very difficult and i think a lot of people are really coming up against that obstacle when they're creating a podcast and they're trying to determine what the key performance indicators are for their podcast like what what is the goal here? You know, Hey, we want 500 listens on this podcast. Well, you know, you know, how, how do we accurately gauge that when we're pushing it in YouTube, we're pushing it here, we're, we're pushing it over there. You know, to me, I feel like you really have to understand where you're putting out your podcast uh, and understanding, you know, how you can actually go in there and, and get the metrics. Cause I, I know that, you know, each directory or host, you can you can get those numbers now. Let me ask you about um, Suze. You mentioned Spreka. Now, when Spreka pushes out to other networks or directories, um, when you look at the data, are they accounting for the hits that are being received outside of Spreka? So they basically will show me how many people are listening on those ten. Um, those 10 hosts that they're pushing out those 10 directories that they're pushing out to so i can see how many listens on spotify how many listens on apple podcasts how many listens on the the other eight that they're they're pushing to but anyone else that i've wanted to kind of ensure that it's being distributed to i've done outside of that spreaker environment i have to go to separately and at times i will look in on spotify where i've claimed my podcast so that i can create sort of some customizable um assets for social media and their stats don't add up to what spreaker says so it is it is a furry kind of playing field it's it's not straightforward all the time um yeah (laughs) it's very challenging um now i'm going to open up uh the room to anybody who has a comment or question so what you can do is just click the request mic in the bottom left hand corner of your your phone you cannot do it on desktop yet unfortunately so if you have um a comment or question um you know uh 
send me a request right now, and I know that Jeremy has request uh, being a speaker. Now, Jeremy, you have a comment or question? Yeah, just to kind of go back on what you were, you all were talking about of video, videoing your podcast. You know, I, I think if you're going to all the work to create a podcast, you know, like Suze was saying, like, why not record it? Because, you know, that's been the biggest hunt for me. I started, we got five episodes in and then COVID hit. I lost my marketing uh, guy and so it just kind of fell to the wayside and I never you know the the post-production part was always the toughest part and so you know I kind of follow Gary V's and you know if you watch Joe Rogan Joe Rogan has his audio podcast but then he has his full-length podcast and then he breaks all the different segments up into individual videos so when you're doing when you're videoing it you know, you have your audio, you have your full video, you can piece it apart for shorts, you know, whether it's on, you're putting them to um, other platforms or just on YouTube. And then talking about, you know, you can transcribe your podcast and now you have blog posts and all kinds of other written content. And then taking out some of the, the great quotes and tips, like, you know, Suze was saying earlier, and you can you can use those quotes as just snippets and just other content. So, you know, having your goal be, I want to grow my podcast or, you know, I, I want to grow a following at the, at the very least, you can just create a content machine to feed all your other platforms. And that's, you know, that's, I, it's hard to do it all by yourself. So, you know, having a team is important and I'm still, you know, struggling. I know I can just record, you know, on zoom, make it no post-production, make it super simple, but I'm, I'm, I'm maybe too perfectionist when it comes to that, that I want, you know, the intros and outros and lower thirds. But, um, you know, I think that's videoing it is almost just as valuable, um, you know, as the audio and you're already doing the audio. So, you know, start with the video and then pull the audio versus, just doing the audio and, you know, having one medium to, to post through. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, Daniel or Susie, do you have something to um, add to that? No, I mean, absolutely. The, the content machine and, you know, that content beast needs feeding so much. Um, you know, it's it's right to make the most out of any content that, that you're creating, as you say. And certainly when I, I mean, I, I very much focus just on audio just because that is what I do. Um, but I would be saying exactly the same about, you know, pulling clips out or creating blog posts from the transcript, all of those kind of things. Um, and you're right. You know, if it's if it's easy to do and to hand to be able to video it, then to have the video as well. There's no point trying to kind of go back on yourself and do it later. Do it at the same time. And then you've got both, haven't you? So, yeah, completely. Yeah, Jeremy, thank you for that comment. I, I kind of agree with you, Jeremy, with, you know, with the video. Um, you know, as much as I hate to see myself on the replay uh, and I see myself on YouTube all the time, I feel like what you said is true. You know, I re we record for video first and then we just export the audio and upload um, that to our hosts for, you know, SoundCloud, for instance. Um, you know, and when we're recording for video, 
And for instance, there's a, there's a, a time when we're like showing something on the video, you know, a promotional product. We, we try to always make sure that we mention that what I'm doing is I'm holding this up for the benefit of the audio only listeners, um, because you can kind of have, have a disconnect there when you're creating a video podcast and you're also uploading it for audio. Um, but I agree with you, Jeremy. I, you know, we try to, when I do podcasts, I always tell people who I interview, you know, we would prefer to do video because we always make sure they're comfortable with video so that we have the asset for YouTube. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, Jeremy. And, and just to kind of add to that, you know, with Sue's saying that, you know, she prefers the audio. The nice thing is, is that if you're doing post-production, throw in those still images, you know, show people what you're talking about. And you really don't even have to have your face on video necessarily to to have a video for people to watch. So you do a video slideshow or bring in, you know, some other even stock um, video elements if you don't want to be on camera. So having that audio, you can still make those videos if you're not even recording it. You just put your voice over to, you know, pictures and what you're actually talking about and explaining it in post-production. So, you know, whatever everyone's comfortable with, you can still do those videos if you're only doing audio. So, yeah, thanks. Thank you for the uh, comment, Jeremy. Um, if you want to uh, request the mic, please click the, uh, the icon in the bottom left hand of your phone. It says request mic. Um, up next is TMBG. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Charmel Scipio. Um, I'm a host currently um, of a podcast called Black and Syndicated, um, which is currently on hiatus. However, my co-host and I, um, we are hoping to get started again back at the top of the year. Um, and the thing that we are trying to overcome or figure out how to overcome is like basically being down since um, last year, since before uh, the, the pandemic kind of kicked off. We kind of stopped for end of year and then never actually picked up again. So uh, what I am looking for advice around is like, how do we reengage our, um, our audience um, how do we sort of also find new followers? Um, our podcast is really around like um, culture and around pop culture specifically. Um, and we're a review podcast. We review um, currently uh, a different world. We are watching and reviewing um, and talking about those and connecting it back to like what's happening today, pop culture um, and all of those things. So I'm really trying to understand how do we best kind of kickstart these things and like we do have two I think two episodes that we didn't air from that time which we can definitely put up but I am wondering is it even worth doing it since at this point uh they're about a year and a half old so any advice that anyone can give me would be helpful thank you thank you um Char Charlene did you say Charmel Charmel yes. thank you for your uh your question I know we're all in the same boat. It's it's so funny. I I remember the last podcast that we did right before the pandemic, um, and it it was with Melissa. I don't know if she's on. She was on here uh, for a time, but we actually bagged it for. We never actually posted it um, because the pandemic changed things so much. Um, you know, we had to kind of shift our thinking 
once the pandemic start to uh, to really accommodate the pandemic, like life in the pandemic affected everything, affected businesses. Um, so, uh, Suze, can you help out? Um, Charlene? Char- Charmel. Sorry. Charmel. Yes. Charmel. Well, I just think, you know, if you're, if you, first of all, do you, do you definitely, you want to pick this up and you want to do it again? Or is it something that has kind of died off and actually you're kind of feeling like you've got to go back to it because there's a difference between the two things? <laughs> Uh, you know, it is a situation of like, we may just choose a different television show to review mm. um, and just move away from the one that we were doing before. Because before, yes, it was 100 um, percent like valid for what we were reviewing. It was at the time of Me Too. And because it was a TV show created by Bill mm. Cosby, there was always something to talk about. Mm. Um, but because we've gone past that and like you're saying, like for the current day, uh, we could just change the television show. We both really just enjoyed like doing the show and, and communicating each- with each other and connecting um, over a television show that we both love. So that that absolutely could be like a thing that we do where we just either, you know, do a larger show where we review four episodes at once and just kind of chunk it out that way to finish it. Um but I'm just trying to figure out, like, is it even worth our doing it anymore? Um, we definitely want to do a podcast with each other still. But your question I, of whether or not it's valid is a good point. Well, I just I just think you could see this as an opportunity. So this is an opportunity for you to do that, dare I say it, pivot. <laughs> change, change it up a bit. Change what you've been talking about. Go for a completely different subject even. If, you know, it sounds like you're passionate about it and you love doing it. You love doing it with your co-host. It's something that you want to continue in podcasting. But this could be your opportunity to, yeah, to throw it all up in the air and, and change change it up. Um, you know, in terms of engaging again with that audience, I think it's about building a bit of excitement. I mean, even creating a trailer potentially of if you're going to continue what you were doing before, I'm sure you'll have kind of clips that you could use and put together. Perhaps you could push that out on your social and say, you know, kind of coming soon, we're coming back, um, all of those kind of things. Everyone has been experiencing this and and no one's gonna kind of look and go well why did they stop for a year I mean everything stopped for a year so I think it's right to use content that you've got from back then and kind of remind people why they were engaging with it and why they were so excited about listening to you and also you know if you're if you know um kind of other podcasters even is there a way of kind of going and being a guest on someone else's podcast that's got a similar audience to yours and talking about the fact you're coming back and you're going to be either doing something new or continuing with what you were doing and what you've been up to in the in the last few months or, or anything like that. So it's about grabbing that excitement for it again and talking about whether you want this to be a new opportunity for your podcast or whether it's kind of reminding everybody of of what's kind of been missing over the last few months but it's coming back and it's going to be great that's a great point thank you so much Susan. i appreciate that yeah i agree charmel i you know i think that um in 2021 um 2020 was different you know i feel like um podcasts that were geared towards you know lighter uh topics were kind of more like hey what do we do here do we go back to being normal again but i think in 2021 i think most people are resuming that you know the, the entertainment aspect of the podcast you know as a form of escape you know the more people can escape you know i think the more benefit 
these podcasts have. People want to escape from reality. Um, so if you have a podcast that's lighter, that's that's more fun, you know, I would get it out there. Even like Susan mentioned, even something that you produced that was pre-pandemic, get it out there and just kind of maybe give an intro that, you know, this was recorded before the pandemic or make some sort of notification there. Um, but I noticed that Pixie was raising her hand. Um, did you have a comment uh, for Charmel? I did have a comment for Charmel. Um, Charmel, when you come back for your podcast, give it give it the proper treatment like you did when you first started your podcast. Give it the new, give it some new fresh image. Give it new music. Come back to it. Give it a new commercial. Take all of that time when you were first brainstorming your podcast and just reinvigorate it. Breathe new life into that podcast because you're not doing it for the podcast. You're doing it for the people who are listening. You're doing it for your co-host. Take that time and also use this social media, these Twitter spaces to have like an opening. Uh, you can do a like a Monday night. Hey, we're going to restart the podcast. Kind of breathe new light into it. Get your get your followers back in to the conversation with you guys. Start throwing out their polls for them so they can hear what so you can hear what they want to hear from you. Kind of start getting that feedback. Regenerate everything that you loved about the podcast, whether you pivot or not. That's all I had to say. Thank you, Pixie. I appreciate that. That's that's a great like set of advice. Like to just sort of be re-excited about it as if it's the first time around. Thank you. Thank you so much for that enthusiasm, Pixie. Now, did you have a comment or question for the hosts? Uh, I was just gonna jump in and and say, you know, with podcasting, don't be afraid to use the new media. We've got right now. What's going on is that they're creating all of these social audio podcast parts you know the twitter spaces are very vital to help you get your word out to other people you only have seven seconds to really like catch somebody here in this sociology most people aren't just gonna hang out for a whole hour two hours whatever you want to be able to hit them have your profile ready these are things that people want to be able to get to your podcast and start consuming the product so have good interactions meet new podcasters if there's a podcaster that sort of has the similar thing do a connection with them get your podcast out there start talking to people don't automatically go into the their dms and say hey i want to be on your podcast but i'm like hey that was a great episode what did you think about this and sort of start cultivating the community within. Thank you for that, Pixie. Do you have, is, is Pixie your name? Pixie is my podcaster name. I, I love it. My, um, my main podcast is Next on Stage One, where it's two retired strippers talking about everything in the industry. Ooh, saucy. It I'm going to follow you. It is a spicy content. Not for anybody under 18. All right. I, I, I don't think anybody in here has to worry about that. Uh, um, you would be surprised on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, thank you for that, Pixie. Um, Ethan, you are up next, buddy. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Happy freaking Friday. Uh, Suze and uh, Daniel, man, thank you guys for all this insight. It has been so, so helpful, so I appreciate you too. Um, I just had a quick question because I am hyped. I am starting my own podcast soon. Uh, the channel is going to be on YouTube called Quoted 2.0. It's basically going to be about motivation and just spreading positivity as well as business insight. Uh, and I just had a quick question because my whole goal with it is basically to create warm leads in the sense and bring people into my funnel to later on kind of have them as customers down the line, but also learn from them and learn, you know, what type of people they like to buy from, you know, so that's kind of like the underlying goal uh, along with the motivation and spreading the positivity. So I wanted to see if one, this was a solid strategy. And if you've heard that before, and two, what are some things to keep in mind while using this strategy that can be helpful in the beginning stages of the podcast? And the podcast is called Quoted 2.0, by the way, if you want to give it a follow. Great co great comment there and question. Sue, Daniel, you want to jump on this? I was giving Daniel a moment because I don't want to <laughs> completely dive in. But yeah, I mean, I love the fact that you've got a strategy. You've thought about it. You've thought about your funnel and how you can kind of raise awareness for what it is further down the line that you actually want people um, people to do. So uh, kind of I'm guessing what you're trying to do is get people into top of funnel by listening to the podcast and then potentially with a call to action that will mean that you can get their email address. So a kind of sign up, something like that maybe, Ethan? So a little bit, but on top of that, that was one uh, stream I'd say, but on top of that also just having them on as a speaker so a lot of people that I target are like marketing managers and procurement managers. So having them on to kind of get to know oh. them a little bit and then have it be like, all right, well, if you know, if you need any promotional products or any type of branded apparel, I'm your guy kind of thing. Yeah, and absolutely. And that actually informs a wider content strategy for you as well, because while you're interviewing them and talking to them, to them, you're hearing about what their pain points are. And of course, anyone that's creating content will understand that, you know, if you can create something that will help support or you know destroy that pain point for them and so it's no longer there then you know you you've really got the key there so I, I think it's a great strategy and I love the fact that you thought about it and that it fits into other work that, that you're going to be be doing I think it does sound very solid and um, yeah it sounds like all the information you know once you've interviewed people you've got that information as I say you can then work up blogs around what it is people are questioning or, or uh, whatever even off the back of kind of the episodes that you put out it might be that a conversation sparks on social media somewhere about that particular episode and and there you are again you're gaining more insight into what it is people want to know how they want to go deeper what else it is that they need and potentially you can be the solution to their problems so yeah I think it's it's a great idea sounds like you're you're really on the way I love it. I appreciate that. And then just one more follow-up to that. On top, I think who said it before, uh, Jeremy had said it before, regarding like the, you know, the audio and stuff. It might be bad if you're doing it over Zoom. My whole strategy was kind of just do it over Zoom to make it simple and then like clip content here and there. Do you think that's fine because it's not this huge channel and that's the goal? Or to have every type of uh, platform kind of that I'm paying for monthly uh, like you said before, like which would be a, you know, okay strategy. You think sticking with Zoom is fine? Start where you are and build up. 
<laughs> and I want to hear what Pixie wants to say about this as well. <laughs> but I would say start where you are with what you have. You have got something that no money can buy, and that is the enthusiasm, the idea, the strategy behind it all. And therefore, don't put barriers in your way by needing, you know, the right microphone, the right platform, the right this, the right that. Zoom is not great audio quality. It's not meant for high quality audio, but it's there. It's available to us. It's affordable and it gets you started. And actually, you know, getting off the starting blocks is key. Like no one's going to hear you at all if you don't make the episodes. That's absolutely fact. So if Zoom is where you want to start and that's what you've got and it's available to you, then absolutely go for it 100%. Vinny, can we hear from Pixie? Absolutely. (laughs) Pixie, get in there. Oh my goodness. I was going to say, Ethan, I think your your idea would be great on something like Fireside Chat, where you could have a dedicated audience, bring somebody on and do deep dives with them individually and bring that content to the people that want to hear it. Fireside Chats are doing really well right now. Um, yeah, just, just like Susie said, just start. All you got to do is take your idea and run. Um, use these, use this platform, use, uh, if you start with zoom, you can always move up to Riverside and get better audio, uh, audio quality. I can't speak right now. Um, but make sure that every time you do a zoom meeting that people on your zoom meeting, you, you check in with them before they do the zoom meeting. So they have their microphone and headphones. Headphones are very important when they're doing a zoom meeting. So make sure you you know that these people, they might not be podcasters. So you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. Say, hey, look, I'm going to check in with you before we do this podcast. I want to make sure we have like a, a sound check. I want to make sure, you know, you're comfortable. If there's, if there's something you don't want to talk about on your podcast, these are all things. Just, but just number one, get started. I love it. What good advice, guys. Amazing. You guys rock. Actually, I just want to add to that, that the one thing that, you know, that I love about Riverside as well is that it's doing me a backup in the background. Now, if everything fails on Zoom and for some reason it doesn't record stuff, you have lost your interview completely. So one of the things I've started to recommend to people is that if you're going to do an interview over Zoom that you're going to record, make sure that on your side and on your guest side you're recording it onto your phone phones have got audio recorders at the moment you know they're not fantastic quality at all but if in the case that it is use your phone audio or lose the interview completely then you're going to go with using your phone interview and yes it will need a bit of putting together in a, in post-production but at least you've got the content so I would say always try and have a backup um, of of some sort, just because I've I've heard of lots of people that are relying on Zoom, and then for some reason the tech goes down, the call goes down, they forget to hit record again when it comes back up. All of those kind of things. Whereas if you've just got your phone kind of running and you've hit record on that um, sort of recorder that's on on your phone anyway, then at least you've got some audio to work with. That makes complete sense. Thank you for that insight, Suze. Again, thank you, uh, Ethan, for your uh, question. Um, Ethan, what was your podcast so everyone knows? It's going to be – it's called Quoted 2.0. The channel is made. I'm posting quotes of the day with my breakdown of it, of it as of now, but the podcasts are coming. 
quoted 2.0, everybody. Right, I appreciate it. Good luck with that. Thank you very much. All right. I know it's past 2 o'clock, but we still have pe people who want to speak. Uh, next up was Faculty of Side Hustle. How's it going? Maybe not. All right. How about Chafing Armor Podcast? Hello. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll, I just want to add briefly, whenever you can, it is always superior if you can record your audio natively. And by that, I mean what is coming on your computer and what is on the computer of the people on the other end. The flip side is that's a much bigger pain in the ass. Uh, it's way harder to do. It is what we do on Chafing Armor, and I think that it really helps the audio quality. The Again, the flip side is it is much, much more challenging. It requires more work. It requires uploading to a, a separate drive. But if you are looking to get the highest quality possible and you have regular people on your show as opposed to guests, it's certainly something that I would recommend. That's all. Well, thank you so much for that um, comment. Now, is is that you say it's a pain in the ass? Is do you mean that's it's an, an expensive pain in the ass? Uh, no, not at all. There's no extra expense. It is simply time consuming because, uh, for instance, on my podcast, I can have as many as six uh, separate voice tracks. That means that each individual then needs to take their natively recorded, like on Audacity, upload it to a uh, you know, site, then I need to download all of those and then sync them, which yeah, totally, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. We, we've run in, we've run into these issues where, you know, people talk over each other and it's nice to record separate tracks and, and Suze, I'm sure can speak more to this. Um, I think there are clearly advantages to recording separate tracks. Um, Suze, do you, yeah, Suze, do you have, um, a follow-up to that? No, only that exactly what you've, you've said there. Um, you know, it is a lot more work in post-production, but it does allow the editor a lot more flexibility in terms of, you know, as I've said before, crosstalk interruptions. It can make it easier on the ear for the listener um, because they're not trying to distinguish, you know, any anyone talking over anybody else and all of those kind of things. Um yeah, you're right. Getting everybody to record natively into Audacity while on a Zoom call. So you're all kind of there and you can see each other and, and hear each other and whatever. But you're getting those individual tracks is certainly a, a way of improving the sound quality. Um, and as we were saying before, you know, it's about the priority. If you're creating audio content and what you want is is high quality audio content, then I would go with a platform that is going to give you that over a platform that will also record your, your video um but the other way of doing it is is slightly costly and is to use something like riverside.fm or squadcast which is essentially a uh, a platform you will all log into into the studio it then records separate tracks um natively to each of the people that are on that call and it also records a, a compound backup so basically an mp3 backup but delivers wav files for each of the independent speakers that are that are on there and it's good but it is 
uh, an outlay is a cost um, per month. Um, but that's the one I've been using most most recently on a podcast that I've been producing for the company that I work for. And it's worked really well for us. We've had guests in all different places. Um, the main issue with it has been Wi-Fi because you have to wait for everybody's um, tracks to upload before people can jump off of the call. So in some cases, if someone's not got a very fast connection we've had to leave tabs open <laughs> and pray um for a little bit um to make sure that that audio is going to upload before we can log off there is a backup you can send them a link and they can then upload it later but i'd far rather make no as the producer i'd far rather i've know i've got that audio in the can before they they hang up on me but yeah i mean definitely recording natively making sure you've got a backup if you're if you're kind of recording over zoom all of those things all great things to think about well, thank you so much, everybody, for their for your time today. You know, thank you to all the speakers, Pixie, Ethan, uh, Chafing Podcast, Jeremy, um, and especially a big thank you to Suze for all of her expertise today. Um, this has been a great podcast. I learned a lot myself. I'm looking forward to getting the podcast out there. Um, I will have this podcast out there probably within a week. But again, thank you, everybody, for attending. We do these every Friday at 1 o'clock. Eastern time. Now, I know it's really late. Well, it's not really late, but it's after hours uh, in, in England where Suze is. And I really appreciate your time, Suze. No, I've absolutely loved being part of this. Thank you so much, Vinny, for inviting me to be, uh, to be a part of the space today. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Have a great weekend.